0: field take a good look you won't see it for long I don't want to lose your love Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by the Green Solution. Remember to visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations, or you can go online to mygreensolution.com. Whichever way you choose, make sure to use that promo code DNVR20. You'll get 20% off your entire purchase. Really fantastic deal. I am your host, Drew Kreisman, managing editor of DNVR Rockies. It's been slow going around here lately. I intend to pick up the pace quite a bit here in the coming weeks as I anticipate there will even just be news around the game of baseball. A lot more stuff going on. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of an off kilter version of the podcast today. We'll, we'll still be talking a lot of baseball and, and Rocky stuff, but there's going to be some sideball things here. Uh, I do want to begin with a quick note because I attended my first national hockey league game last night, uh, a dramatic 7-3 win for the Colorado Avalanche over the Chicago Blackhawks. And I had an absolute blast. Those of you who follow me on Twitter uh, were probably following along and, and, you know, seeing how much fun I was having. I took my mom. I took my girlfriend. Uh, we were going to try to go on Wednesday, but the weather made it so that it didn't quite work out. Uh, but as it turned out, we we caught a really great game, and and it was a whole lot of fun, uh, and and I'm I'm writing about it. I'm going to do some other things, so I, I've been having a, a whole lot of fun getting into the hockey stuff. I'm not going to bring it over into the baseball any more, really, than what I just did there, and and to let people know they can check it out. Though every once in a while, I'll, I'm sure I'll be making more cross sport comparisons than that. But it did have uh, a couple of things. Uh, on my mind, because as I mentioned, you know, I, I went to that game. Now I'm recording this at halftime of the Bronco game. We're seeing the era of Drew Locke emerge, and uh, that's been a whole lot of fun to see. And uh, th- th- it's so far, it's been two quarters, but it's been really, really fun so far. And, uh, you know, so we're doing all these other sport things. Uh, I hope everyone's checking out the DNBR, DNVR Sports at the Denver Sports Podcast that we do, where we, where we talk about. Uh, all of the major ones and we even do uh, you know some of the college stuff too when it's relevant. Uh, those are really fun shows if you enjoy more than just the baseball, like I said, for the most part, other than obviously right now as I'm doing it, I'm not gonna talk much about that stuff. But I hope you will check out all of that stuff. and, and I would encourage anyone out there, um, you know, somebody asked me and, and, and here's the other the last thing I'll say on the subject, but I was asking for some questions uh, for today's pod. And I'll get the name of it here as I'm answering the question, too, because I switched accounts. But the question was simply, what has been your favorite thing about learning to love hockey so far? And and it's been really, this sounds simple, but it's really been that. It's going all the way back to the beginning. It looks like it's coming from James at General Butt Naked, apparently. But James says... Uh, uh, you know, what's what's been my favorite part? And it's been really great to go back to, and this is where I get to relate it back now to the game of baseball, because I was f- four years old when I, I don't remember falling in love with the game of baseball. It's always been a part of my life. I can, like, some of my earliest memories are, like, of wanting to play t-ball. And, y- you know, so... This passion for the game of baseball has just been there forever. It, oh, it, it feels like a part of me. It, it's innate. And as I've grown up and gotten deeper and deeper into it, my, that love has only grown more and more. And, you know, it, it, it's but it is a very different thing now. And I never knew that it was going to become my job. And that changed that relationship dramatically. And then getting down there and being there all the time and talking to people who play the game professionally, who cover the game professionally, that it changes your perspective on things. It it has to. There's no way that it can't. And, of course, I still get passionate. You guys know me. You, You know I still get passionate watching and reporting on the Colorado Rockies. And that I, I love this job. But there is definitely a, basically, let me put it this way. It's been, I fell out of love with the NBA. And we don't have time to get into that. And I have a very complicated relationship with football and the NFL. So I hadn't been to a live sporting event where I got to drink a beer and yell my head off. And not really know, like, I know enough to get what's going on, but I don't know the strategies and I don't know the war equivalents or I I don't know enough to sit there and be cynical or have my opinion about what should have happened on the ice. All I can do is react to what happens viscerally. And my voice is still sore. I don't know if you can hear it. My body is worn out because i haven't done that in years just gone to a sporting event and unabashedly cheered my head off and you know been there with the two most important women in my life to the most important people in my life uh to share it with them and, and have it be this family experience Uh, in addition to everything else. It it was a perfect night. And I've really enjoyed getting to learn something new and being the person that doesn't know. You know, and it's been fun. I've seen some stuff. It's like you could even... uh, We're between friends here, right? Like there's so much that like Av's Twitter is kind of much happier with me right now than Rocky's Twitter is, right? But that's because on Av's Twitter, I can just have fun and I have zero responsibility or on Rocky's Twitter, I kind of have to be the guy that says, well, you know, let's not all, like, we'll get into some Tony Walter stuff here in a while. I think the next episode is going to be all about the catching market and that whole question. Uh, but this has been a blast. And so I would encourage anyone, you know, if there's a sport you haven't been into before, find some people that love it. Uh, find our other reporters at dnvr we have an extraordinary staff uh, if you've never been a nuggets fan now is the time if you've never been an abs fan now is the time and obviously all of you guys are already Rockies fans but our the guys we have and and gals covering those sports are amazing uh and the energy of just getting to experience something new so I, I'm having a lot of fun with it i hope you are all having a lot of fun with it now. I hope it's not bogging down those of you who come to me for the baseball. I promise, promise, promise that I'm not going to stop still giving you hour-long soliloquies about how WRC Plus relates to Coors Field. Uh, this, this baseball has my soul and and will forever be. And so these podcasts aren't going to go too far off the rails in the offseason, you know, last year it was uh, Game of Thrones and comic book talks occasionally in the offseason. Maybe a, a little bit of hockey every once in a while. What I do want to talk a little bit more about today, which again uh, is a bit off kilter. There's some, some folks here along for the ride that might throw some questions at me. Uh, actually, let me do one before I get into the other topic that's not specifically Rockies related. If you want some Rocky stuff, John's got you covered. He's got another trade idea proposal Did that on the last podcast, but I said if you've still got them, keep bringing them my way. That's just going to be an open-door policy for the offseason. You've got a trade idea you want my input on for the Colorado Rockies. Bring it my way. I'll give it a grade. I'll tell you what I think. John says Trevor Story and Chris Russin for Brian W. Anderson and Sixto Sanchez. Well, I wasn't expecting to read that. The uh, only way I'm trading Trevor Story is if I'm absolutely certain he's not signing an extension. Trevor Story is one of those guys that uh, I, I just don't think any team should be in the business of of trading away from. I think there's a decent chance the Rockies could sign him to ex- an extension. I know that's been uh, talked about between the two parties before. Uh, but yeah, you're not trading Trev. <laughs> just... Uh, that, that's, that's not, um, uh, that's one thing that I think the absolute earliest you could even consider trading Trevor story would be next off season, uh, probably about a year from now. Uh, so as uh, I was mentioning, you know, a lot of these other sports things going on here, uh, the football, the hockey, the basketball, for some reason, I got into an interesting conversation with a number of you today on Twitter about the very definition of sport. And I oh I, I think the I, I saw somebody had retweeted something into my timeline from someone who had basically said, you know, football's a sport, hockey's a sport, basketball, baseball, but video games are a hobby. <clears throat> now I am a big gamer, I think as as many of you know and have been for all of my life. And I do not think that video games are a sport. This is an interesting conversation though, right? Uh, And this is a fun debate to have all the time. So that's why I I didn't mind bringing it here onto this podcast while we're still a little bit in slow baseball times, because how you define what is or is not a sport, or if there's a difference between athletic sports, intellectual sports, art sports, art sports would be things that are not um, where there isn't necessarily an objective winner, like you know ice skate or uh, figure skating, uh, skateboarding, uh, stuff like that, where you you have to get scores. Um, it, it's a very interesting conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. But as I kind of entered it here, like it it is going to be an interesting new world where video game competitions are going to be on espn and some of these tournaments like the league of legends tournament i think just had like five million dollars for a grand prize Uh, and stuff like this is only going to go up but it's been the fastest growing industry in the world for 10 or 15 years now uh and and it's really fascinating to see the overlap and a question I want to throw out to all of you and hit, hit me up either on Facebook or on Twitter. You can email me. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's drew at thednvr.com. No, it's just drew at dnvr.com. If you send it to drew at bsndenver.com, it will be forwarded. Whichever way, let me know. But with the advent of things like the Nintendo Wii or virtual reality, for those of you that don't know, that involves motion controls. So Let me bring it all back around to the game of baseball. If you're playing virtual baseball and you've got a controller in your hand that rather than our typical what we think of a video game controller is shaped like a baseball bat and you have a virtual reality headset on and you go about engaging in this virtual world but through your real physical body, do, does that count as sport? Because I've always been of the mind and it can get very difficult to find this bright line here, but that sport, you know, there has to be a minimal level of athleticism that things like video games, chess, the spelling bee, <laughs> despite that one kid falling over the one time and <laughs> is not... Uh, you know, those don't count. Those aren't sports. And I think we kind of intrinsically understand that, but it it does get a little bit difficult. For example, I read an article recently. I have no idea where it was, uh, but that suggests that there's a sharper age decline in your ability to perform as a video gamer. And this is true in chess as well. People like burn out in competitive chess, which I didn't even know. Um, Like there's an age decline that's much harsher than in professional golf, which we all kind of consider to be definitely a sport more than video games or chess or anything. So I, I want to throw all that out to you. I'd love to get people's opinions on whether or not a virtual version of baseball, where you would be doing a lot of the same motions that actual players do, uh, does that count? Does it absolutely not count? Um, yeah, hit me up. Let me know. Uh, John's going to defend his trade proposal here by saying, realistically, the Rockies won't be competitive without some young pitchers. Um, l- let me Well, let me read the whole thing, and then I'll respond a piece at a time. And Sixto Sanchez is a promising starter. Very true. Plus, it opens a hole it short for Rodgers. Okay, mm-hmm. true. Uh, Chris Rustin's a cheap pitcher, attractive for the Marlins, and story as team control left. Um, yeah, no, well, obviously I don't think you'd have to sell the Marlins on this, uh, on this trade too much, honestly. Um, the two things about your reasoning here that I would push back on if You and I are in the GM's office kicking this idea around and I'm going to say one, let me start with the second claim here. It opens up a spot for Rogers. I'm not sure Rogers that guy yet. Now he, I've, I've been as, as high on Rogers as anybody. And I I don't think the scouts all got it wrong on this kid. I watched him take BP in Grand Junction. It was the most gorgeous round of right-handed batting practice I've ever seen outside of, like, Mark McGuire and stuff from when I was a kid. It was... It's one of the most beautiful right-handed swings. It still is. He's got all the tools. He could be that guy. But he's not yet. In fact, right now, he's not anything yet. And... Trevor Story is a perennial all-star at the highest level of the game. And so while it's tempting to see another guy who could become that, and this is, I think, a thing that it's very similar with John Gray. I I keep seeing people say, now he's not a perennial all-star, obviously, but what he has been is a perennial game winner for the Colorado Rockies on the mound, which is something they haven't had, right? So it's a slightly different category, but the, the same idea where you're trying to replace a level of production that's very difficult to replace. For Gray, it's a little more uniquely because of what he brings to the Rockies. For Story, it's just because he is that dude. Like, let's... Rodgers may very well end up being another one of them dudes. But it it's a long shot, man. It's a long shot for anybody. And it's not about, you know, the injuries could get in the way. The defense just may never be what it needs to be. But Trevor's story, I feel extremely confident about saying is going to continue to be a very, very good baseball player for the foreseeable future. And Will's right. I also worry about the shoulder injury, and whether that's going to limit his throwing ability from short. Brian Anderson can play some short. You're not. I don't like the defensive downgrade at shortstop. That's the biggest thing. And even a best case scenario for Rogers at shortstop, he's not going to be Trevor Story defensively. And so you're you're hurting your pitching there, even if you're picking up. Sixto Sanchez, who would be immediately like the Rockies' number three, at worst, right? Uh, and then you know, and, and then you feel great because then, then the the bounce back of Kyle Freeland. Like this is this is the the point that John hasn't totally made. Let, let me help out here in this po- way is that th- there is a scenario under which you know if you had those four starters, I think we all agree uh, here at least on this on this channel and this area of things, that the run prevention has got to be priority one, two, and three. They've got to get the pitching right. And it's it's way off kilter right now. Now, I probably am more confident than you are that Kyle Freeland is going to bounce back, that Peter Lambert could turn into a thing, that Jeff Hoffman might come back. It's, it's gonna I, I just I wish I could make this a hashtag, but it's nowhere near a popular enough topic for it to be its own hashtag. but Antonio Sensatella is 24 years old. <laughs> I just feel like every time every conversation about him should begin and end with that fact, which is insane. Uh, there there is talent there but uh, I've long agreed with the notion that the Rockies have got to get a guy in there who isn't a bounce back, rebound, or potential one day guy, they need a guy who's a now now sixto is still kind of a little bit more in that potential one day guy thing. And then there's a I see a much worse scenario here where you do trade story, and you get one of those pitchers who looks great on paper, but can't handle Coors Field, or he's too young, and it, he just was never going to be that guy anyway. I feel much better if you were going to make a trade of of a story caliber player for a pitcher that he'd be a bit more established. Those we've seen, that doesn't always mean anything in the past as well. So maybe established or not established is less important than a really good scouting job on whether or not you think a guy can compete at Coors Field, either physically or mentally. And mentally is probably the more important thing. If you think Sixto's got a great head on his shoulders and he's going to come here and rock it, that gets interesting. But... Um, I don't think it's story. Now, if you flip that, maybe Rogers and Russin for a guy like that. And remember, I've been very reluctant to trade Rogers. Last year, this time, I didn't want to trade Brendan Rodgers for JT Real Muto. And Sixto Sanchez isn't quite the player that JT Real Muto is, though he plays a more valuable position for the Rockies right now. So that could be interesting. Um, I you know, so so I don't wanna I'm gonna give your your trade a grade of uh, about, I'm, I'm going to give it a 50, maybe a 45 in terms of what I think it would do for the Rockies. I, I think it's a 70 in terms of its uh, possibility to go through. I think the Marlins would be more than happy to make that deal. Um And so you've at least gone the other direction, or I think a lot of fans so far in this exercise have been more inclined to, and, and and understandably so, right? Be a bit more stingy on the Rockies side of things. I got another question that I want to get to. Uh, oh, and a few other things that I want to mention, but I have to mention first that drinking Avalanche at the Avalanche game was pretty fantastic. Uh, there, there's all kinds of cool Breck Brew stuff around, so so we had a good time just going and finding all the the Breckenridge. Uh, beers to drink at some of the bars around before and after the game there there's a big one there at the pepsi center which is super cool the one we didn't go to uh oddly enough we got a ton of great comments on our shirts which was fun we're all of course wearing our our dnvr shirts uh and uh, the the lady selling us breck and rage bruce and i was wearing my breck jacket and so she was like oh that's so awesome and uh, yeah, we we really love Breckenridge. Do you work for them? I get that all the time now because I wear that jacket. So people constantly ask me if I work for Breckenridge Brewery. But and I have to be like, no, but kind of. Uh, you know, <laughs> in a way, they, they they pay a part of my salary. And I'm not unfamiliar with their product. <laughs> so if anyone has any questions, I can probably answer them. It was a whole lot of fun. So make sure that you make Breckenridge drinking a part of your next night out at the Pepsi Center. You can find it anywhere around there. Uh, I've just gotten to the point now where whatever bar I go into, I I just sit down and say, hey, what do you got from Breck? They give me the the two or three or four options. They've got, boom, Uh, good stuff, good stuff. And I want to let you all know, I can't give all of the details just yet, and and there's going to be an Eventbrite going out soon. But one of our other sponsors where you can get some Breck brew Blake Street Tavern is going to be hosting myself and Manny Rondawa for a book signing next Saturday, the 7th. Um, The official announcement is going to go up tomorrow or just a few hours after this podcast has gone up. We're going to have some very special guests. If you um, scroll through Manny's Twitter feed, you might be able to figure that out. It's going to be early in the day. Uh, I think we're starting around 11. Again, the official announcement's going to go out. Look for it on Twitter. Uh, if you aren't on Twitter and you really, really want to know the details of it, email me or, or hit me up on Facebook. Well, Whatever you can do uh, to, to find me, uh, let me know, because we're going to be doing the book signing on Saturday. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm hoping we're going to be able to announce another really fun thing about Manny's book and myself and... DNVR crossing over, I'll just put it that way. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to be getting out his book and Larry Walker Hall of Fame stuff, so come on board. Uh, Hopefully, we'll see you down there at the Blake Street Tavern on Saturday. All right, Noel wants to know, thoughts on the Rockies signing Jose Mujica. So this is a pitcher I had not heard of before. The Rockies picked up a 23-year-old right-hander who had been in the Tampa Bay Rays organization. He is yet to make his major league debut, and he missed all of last season, recovering from Tommy John surgery. I looked over some of the numbers, knowing that I'm me and I have preached at you for years and years that you can't just look at a guy's numbers and come to a a great understanding of who they are. Uh, I think this is exactly the kind of thing the Rockies should be doing, looking for these players who maybe have a little bit of shine off them because they weren't around last year. 23 still hasn't made his major league debut but that's not old by any means you know for some some pitchers can do it a little bit younger it does look to me like he's been uh, a reliever at times he started as a starter as they almost always do i would be very interested to see where the Rockies intend to use him i could see that going either way my first thought was they brought him in for bullpen usage. He's got low walk rates, which I really, really like. We talked about that a lot during the podcast where Patrick Lyons and I broke down uh, all the starting pitcher free agents. So he's got a low walk rate. He doesn't have an insane strikeout rate by any means. I think it was hovering just over seven with the uh, walk rate in the low threes. So the peripherals aren't Extraordinary, but he's had really good ERAs throughout his minor league career, uh, you know, sitting in the mid to low threes, picking up a decent number of innings. Uh, it looks like he's not really a power guy, and you never know after TJ, you know, but he was a 92 mile an hour, 93 mile an hour fastball type of guy, but good movement, good location on his other stuff. And a lot of it's going to come down to Mentality, you know, if you're somebody coming back from a surgery, you're a young kid with a lot to prove. You've you've got the confidence to do it, and you're not going to let Coors Field beat you. I have no idea what Jose Mujica is going to be for the Rockies. What I do know is that they should go and get ten more <laughs> of this exact, and and see who works see what fits you know the the only downside to this move at all was the the Rockies had to DFA Wes Parsons and who knows what he was going to be and he'd already been given up on by another team and he may well come back into the fold on a minor league contract actually I haven't read he might have gone somewhere I, it's one of those things I should say that's where Patrick is sitting there Go, dude he already did something shut up Uh, (laughs) but whatever it may be like, that's not a price, a huge price to pay, right? You've traded an unknown who was 27 for an unknown who's 23 and got, you know, probably a bit more promise there. So yeah, I, I, those are the kinds of potential moves that don't cost the Rockies anything anything in terms of finances or prospects that could have a very big impact. Because remember, the Rockies are, and now there are people who disagree with this, but in my estimation, and according to 2017 and 2018, and the things that were different in 2019, the Rockies are a handful of pitchers in key positions away from being a 90-win baseball team. I firmly believe this. I think it's really strange, honestly, that the narrative has gotten so far away from it considering the talent level on the team and the fact that position player-wise they were actually better in 2019 than they were in 18 and 17, which I think couldn't make it any more crystal clear that it's the pitching and that in per- and, and in the most... The worst culprits in that were, of course, Kyle Freeland and Wade Davis. But Davis no longer is your closer. That mitigates that to some degree. But now you've got to make up for Scott Oberg no longer in the setup role. Could Jose Mujica be a setup guy for the Rockies halfway through the season? It would not be the most surprising thing that happens. Bullpen, that's the kind of stuff that happens in bullpens all the time. So am I counting on it? No. Uh, but... Like I said, go get 10 more and, and have make sure five of them are lefties. And then you can't sign them all to major league contracts. So, so that was the thing, right? So they signed this, this kid, Mujica, to a, a major league deal. They put him on the 40-man roster. But it, if you can get some of these on minor league, but that to me, again, that's exactly the right kind of at the lower end of your 40-man roster. So you can't do 10 more of these exactly. Minor league versions of them you can, but... You can do three or four. There's some movable parts on that Rockies 40 man roster, to be sure. And you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's not, you know, you've you there's very very low risk here uh, for the bargain bin shopping as as John puts it. And so, yeah, I, I do think I'm going to wrap this one up in a tighter window there. I appreciate everyone coming along for what was admittedly a bit more of a, uh, a random, I guess, podcast. I'm not, I'm not sure what it's called. It. Helter Skelter? I feel like that's a slight misappropriation of that term. But a lot of weird and random topics today. Yes, happy 56th birthday, as Will points out, to Larry Walker, who I'm hoping... We will all have more from soon. (laughs) Uh, I'd love to see you all out there on Saturday. If you haven't yet, make sure you're subscribing to the site. I know there hasn't been a ton in the way of articles in the last couple of weeks. That's entirely on me. We're going to pick up the pace on that quite a bit here, Uh, pretty much starting tomorrow on Monday. uh, There's going to be a lot of good stuff. Uh, Coming out, so make sure that you are subscribed to all of that. And we're like I said, we're there's going to be some really fun stuff that I can't fully tell you all about yet. But you're just not going to want to miss it, It, especially you longtime Colorado Rockies fans. Anybody who was a fan of the Rockies in the '90s, uh, you're going to love the content we've got coming up for you in the next uh, month and a half to two months of this off season. While I'm expecting the Rockies are relatively quiet. Uh, we'll be focusing on a lot of that stuff, but keep bringing us all of the hot stove talk, your trade ideas, other things. I think there's going to be some, you know, more like these Jose Mujica things to talk about. And they're just as interesting to talk about. Well, maybe not just as interesting as the team that's whoever signs Garrett Cole, but they can be. You never know. That's one of the beautiful things about this game. You just never know. Um, no, I can't. I was going to tease another thing, but I realized I can't tell you about that either. Um, Tomorrow's stuff comes out. Keep your eyes glued to DNVR Monday, December the 2nd, and make sure uh, if you can clear out that day on Saturday to come hang out with us at Blake Street Tavern. You're not going to want to miss it. Thank you all so much for listening in. Make sure you're on social media. I just did all that stuff. Subscribe, blah, blah, blah. You've been absolutely awesome. I've been absolutely Drew Creaseman. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. Hey, do you like money? I'm thinking you probably like money. And that's why you got to check out Denver's newest travel hack, Drift Drive Car Sharing. It's really cool. It can work in a couple of different ways for you. Either you can go and use someone else's car Or you can use your own, leave it there, park for free at Denver International Airport. That's right, I said park for free at Denver International Airport. Someone else will use your car while you're out of town and you get some of that cold, hard cash for it. It's covered by Allstate Insurance the entire time. Plus, Drift will clean it up for you, whether it's used or not. So there's a decent chance you just get free parking and a clean car just to go out of town. There's none of those fees you got to worry about. None of that nonsense about having to be 25 years or more. So it's perfect for young professionals, college students, anyone who might be traveling a little bit and doesn't want to have to worry about all of the extra costs that come with it and might actually want to recoup some of those costs by getting... Some money for other people to use your car when you weren't going to be using it anyway. It's a really great deal. I can't recommend it highly enough. Make sure you check them out at drivedrift.com. That's drivedrift.com.